Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Tuesday, September 28, 2021. Stand up for your country. We have uh, Herschel Walker who's running for the Senate in Georgia. Uh, come on up. This is a very important news day. And I'm glad you're with us because we are going to tell you some things and show you some things that are uh, vital um, for you to know. So again, with uh, President Biden's schedule, which isn't vital because he doesn't really do much. And today he didn't do anything. All right. So uh, there's a schedule. He didn't do anything. Uh, probably recovering from the booster shot yesterday. Now, the overall strategy of the Biden administration, uh, it is becoming clear, is not to ever admit any kind of setback. So no matter what happens, it's good. All good. That's the cliche, right? Oh, it's all good. It's not all good. But the Biden administration is going to tell you it's all good no matter what it is. Border, all good. Afghanistan, uh, excellent Afghanistan. Okay. So we know that. That's where we start. So in order to uh, put things into perspective, other people have to get involved. And those other people were in the Senate today. Okay. So there was a hearing under oath with General Milley, other Pentagon people, Secretary of War, Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense, I call it Secretary of War, they changed it, Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, okay, and they had to answer questions about Afghanistan, because Biden not going to tell you the truth about it, and neither is Kamala, all right, so now the senators called in the Pentagon brass to answer questions, as they should have. Now, the first question is from um, Republican Tom Cotton from Arkansas, and he, and he basically made General Milley answer yes or no. Roll the tape. My assessment was uh, back in the fall of 20, and it remained consistent throughout, that uh, we should keep a steady state of 2,500, and it could bounce up to 3,500, maybe something like that, uh, in order to move toward a negotiated gated solution. All right. So Millie basically saying my assessment was that you had to leave between twenty five hundred and three and thirty five hundred American troops in Afghanistan in order to get any kind of decent settlement on the record. Now, it took a long time to get there. OK, Millie, blah, 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 blah. but finally cotton pinned them down and you heard Millie. My assessment was. 25 to 3,500 U.S. troops had to stay. Backing him up was the U.S. Central Commander, General Kenneth McKenzie. He said the same thing. All right. So now you got two top generals in the theater of Afghanistan saying to the American public, we recommended to the commander in chief, President Biden, you keep people there. And that went as far back as March of this year. Well, here's Biden on August 19th talking on Good Morning America. Go. Your top military advisors warned against withdrawing on this timeline. They wanted you to keep about 2,500 troops. No, they didn't. It was split. That, that wasn't true. That wasn't true. They didn't tell you that they wanted troops to stay? No, not, at, not in terms of whether we were going to get out in a time frame, all troops. They didn't argue against that. So no one, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No. 
Who do you believe? Who do you believe? So Milley and McKenzie are under oath. Believe Biden? I don't. I don't believe him. So now his own commanders in the Pentagon. What does Biden do? You know what he'll do? Nothing. Won't answer any questions about it. Nothing. Now, this is when things get heavy. When the commander in chief, the president of the United States, basically tells the public. Now, I'm not using the word lie because that's not my job. Okay, I'm not parsing that. I will say Joe Biden, in my opinion, based on facts, misled me and you in a big way. It gets a little dicey now. Does it not? Ask your liberal friends what they think of that. But you won't get a straight answer. They're not going to address it. Okay. Now, not only did Biden flat out deny that his commander said leave a residual force, which, again, I don't believe Biden's telling truth. Okay. But Biden's prediction that was in August, in July, was crazy wrong. Okay. So, um, the Senate got on that today. Roll it. Later in July, the president of the United States, President Biden, says, I trust the, ca- the capacity of the Afghan military, better trained, better equipped, and more competent in terms of conducting the war. President Biden was wrong on that. We told our interpreters, our drivers, our friends, the people who had had our backs during this entire period of time, that we would not abandon them, and that's exactly what we did. I think there's a series of strategic lessons to be learned. <laughs> yeah, I, I would think, you know, you hosed all the people who helped us over in Afghanistan. Maybe that's a strategic lesson to be learned, General Milley. So Milley should resign. I, 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 he should resign. And that um, is what Cotton, again, the senator, Republican senator from Arkansas, said to Milley, what are you doing here? You should have been out a long time ago. Roll the tape. All right, I've just got one final question. General Milley, I can only conclude that your advice about staying in Afghanistan was rejected. I'm shocked to learn that your advice wasn't sought until August 25th on staying past the August 31 deadline. I understand that you're the principal military advisor, that you advise, you don't decide, the president decides. But if all this is true, General Milley, why haven't you resigned? Senator, as a senior military officer, um, resigning is a really serious thing. It's a political act if I'm resigning in protest. My job is to provide advice. I don't think you should resign in protest, General. I think you resign because you screwed everything up. You shouldn't be there. Nobody has any confidence in you. All of them admitted that U.S. credibility is damaged. Nobody said, oh, the world is real confident in our military, because that's absurd. So Milley should just step aside saying, look, I had my shot. I didn't do well. I'm going to give it to somebody else, and maybe they'll do better. Wouldn't that be the patriotic thing to do? 
And then there was one question on the Chinese call. Now, I don't zero in on the Chinese call because I don't trust Bob Woodward's reporting. I don't. I mean, because I know the game. I know what Woodward does. And he paints everything as negative as he can against Donald Trump. And if he has to use General Milley's phone call to the Chinese military to do it, Woodward will. But there's no perspective. So Milley gave a little perspective today. He said, look, I called my Chinese counterpart and I said to him, look, we have a very hotly contested election and political situation here. This was after the January 6th Capitol attack. But don't worry, it's under control. That's what Millie's story is. Don't worry, it's not going to be any nuttiness. The transition of power is going to take place. That makes sense to me. Now, was Millie trying to undermine Trump earlier? Possible. Am I going to convict Millie of that under Bob Woodward's name? No, I'm not. I'm not going to do it because I'm a fair man, fact based, which is why you watch me. However, there is no doubt that Milley and Defense Secretary Austin screwed up Afghanistan. And Biden's not telling the truth about it. Now, you can't get rid of Biden. That's not enough to impeach him. He's not going to be impeached. He's not, nothing like that's going to happen. All right. But Milley and Austin should be out of there. But they won't be, because then if Biden fired them, they'd turn on Biden worse. All right, tomorrow there'll be more of this in the House. I don't know if I'm going to cover it. I will if there's something new, but I doubt if there'll be anything new. You got it. You, the people that care about your country, you have it. You now know. Summing up, Biden knew that Afghanistan was going to go down. They asked him to leave some troops there so it wouldn't collapse immediately, so he could get people out in an orderly way. Biden said no. It's on Biden. By the way, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller is being held in a military lockup. You'll remember that he outwardly protested the screw-up in Afghanistan, and he's going to be tried. What I think is going to happen, he's going to get a dishonorable discharge, 41 years old, uh, he is Marines for 17 years and, you know, we wish him the best. We understand the chain of command thing. You can't have officers in the military running around. You just can't. It's my job to do that. It's the Senator's job to do that. All right. Mayorkas, uh, this is, this is another disaster, the head of Homeland Security. So if you look at all the appointments that Biden has made, they're all disastrous. All of them, every one of them. So now Mayorkas finally admits that letting all of these foreign nationals into America is going to spread COVID and other disease. Go. We are confronted with a, a, a population of people that, um, uh, as a general matter, um, have a, uh, a, a rate of illness of approximately 20%. They arrive in between the ports of entry and must be placed in congregant settings, which, um, as I think we all understand, uh, precipitate or could precipitate 
a significant spread of the disease. Yeah, we understand that, Mr. Secretary. We got it. Why are you having open borders? Oh, jeez. All right, just an update uh, on a Haitian situation. 4,000, according to the government, have been flown back to Haiti. 8,000 have voluntarily returned to Mexico. That means they were booted out. And uh, about 12,000, probably more, are running around the USA right now. Nice job down there. All right. Now, the New York Times, one of the, as you know, most liberal progressive papers, Biden's greatest, Biden's this, Biden. Now, they made a big deal out of this Border Patrol agent on the horseback, put up the picture um, with the uh, strap, with the reins. Okay, so the New York Times, uh, after seeing that picture that you're looking at right now, I then wrote a front page article. And in the article, they said, quote, The images of agents on horseback chasing and in some cases using the reins of their horses to strike at running migrants. All right. But that's not what happened. So now the New York Times had to correct the correction. The images of Border Patrol agents on horseback waving their reins while pushing migrants back into the Rio Grande. So instead of uh, striking, it's now waving. Now, this is the front page story. Okay, so now the Times says an earlier version of the article overstated what is known about the behavior of some Border Patrol agents. Yeah, yeah, it did. So what are you going to do about the reporter who overstated? Because the reporter knows that's what you want, the editors of the New York Times. You want Border Patrol whipping black people. That's what you want. That's what you got. And now you're embarrassed because the true story is emerging. Mm. Mm. All right. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this uh, spending business. I will tell you, Republicans blocked the Democrats from suspending the U.S. debt ceiling until December of next year, not this year. The Democrats said, ah, we don't want any more debt ceiling. And every Republican in the Senate said no, because Democrats don't want any ceiling on any spending, which, of course, will collapse the economy. Look at the stock market today. That market, I'm not making any predictions, but boy, it's shaky. Thank you, Mr. Biden, again. There's 3.5 trillion spending bill, okay, this. Now they're starting to pull out what we're spending in that bill. Three billion for tree equity. Anybody know what tree equity is? It's planting trees to mitigate global warming. Three billion to plant trees. Okay. Free community college for illegal immigrants. (laughs) Free for illegal immigrants. In a bill. High performance green buildings will get a billion dollars to make them for the federal government. All right. And then new funding for gender identity issues, 25 million. To try to get people to figure out what their gender identity is. Look on your birth certificate. So you got to do we don't need 25 million for that. So I wanted to talk to the guy you're looking at right now who is in Georgia because he's running for uh, one of the most important Senate seats. In this country, his name is Herschel Walker. You probably know just by his face 
who he is, former National Football League legend, uh, University of Georgia Bulldog. Um, he is one of the best football players ever. But now he is a politician. He's kind enough to talk to us today. So, Herschel, um, you know, in a prep, I asked you to identify the three most important things that need to be changed in America. Let's start with number one. What say you? Well, I think it's border control. I said border control because I think that encompasses a lot of different things. Uh, the other two things I'm going to talk about. I think we have to get control of our borders because if we don't do that, we really don't have a country. And if we get control of the border, I think it's going to, as I just said, it's going to encompass the other two things that I'm going to talk about, and that's going to be law enforcement. I think we have to get law enforcement under control because, you know, as I was doing some listening sessions around the uh, the state of Georgia, you know, I didn't realize that Atlanta is a big uh, hub for drugs. Drugs are coming through Atlanta almost over almost 65, well over 65 percent of the drugs coming into this country go through Atlanta. And, you know, with the uh, human trafficking and all that, you know, we got to get law and order back in this country. That's what this country was built on, that foundation there. And I think then the, you got to go to the economy. You know, right now, after this pandemic just hit, you see how inflation has has sky, is skyrocketing. You know, now you can't even go to the store and buy milk or bread. Or you see the gas prices is going through the roof when people have no jobs. Okay. You know, right now we have- Well, you pinpointed three very emotional issues and I think they'll resonate in Georgia. I just want to tell everybody that right now uh, there are three other men um, running uh, for the Senate on the Republican side, as you are. There'll be a primary um, and then whoever wins the primary, um, which will be May 24th, will face off against Raphael Warnock, who is the Democrat in Georgia's first black senator. So let's get back to the border. Um, Donald Trump wanted to build a wall. He was not successful in getting the wall done completely. He got some of it done. Beside the wall, what else needs to be done to inhibit foreign nationals from illegally crossing into the USA? Well, I think one of the first things that we need to do, you know, we have so many people, so many of our leaders that just come out and make sound bites about how bad the United States are treating people that's trying to cross the border. Well, first of all, why don't they go down to the border and let's get with some of the people that's on the ground and let's interview them or talk to them and get some insight of what's really, really going on and how we can help. You know, as you said, President Trump wanted to build a wall, which, uh, you know, could have been, it really, really was a great idea, and they are not going to do the wall, but they're not even going down to talk to the people that's that's playing the game. And what I mean by that, they're not talking to the people that's down on the ground that's trying to, uh, trying to stop it. I think they need to get down there and do that, be the first thing that they, they should be All right, doing. But, but beside conversation, I mean, look, the Democratic Party is fine with open borders. They want as many people here no, as they, they can that, get. We can't have that. I, yeah. We cannot have that. that right, we cannot. right. Okay, so you're a Republican. A Republican side, there's got to be some kind of mechanism to stop people, to stop them from coming up. Do you have any ideas in that regard? Well, the, the way you're going to have to stop it, you're going to have to stop it through uh, by controlling your laws. And, and if, we, if you have to build a wall, build a wall. But we have to have people to come into this country legally and uh, and to come through what our rules uh, require us to do. And I, I think that's one of the most uh, variable things we have. We have a country that have laws 
that we have to abide by. Think about all the people that has came to this country legally. And right now, if we're going to have, as you said, the, the Democrats want to have open borders. But think about the people that have done the legal way of getting yeah, into this country. fair. Uh, everybody knows that. And, and, okay, and nothing so, is fair in life. And I think you can say that nothing is fair in life. And we have to say that. But if you want to live in the United States of America, and I think that may be one of the first things we got to get to. When we elect people into office, we need to first ask the question, do you like the United States of America? And the second question should be, do you like the Constitution of the United States of America? Because that seems to be the problem we have today with a lot of our leaders. They're putting this country down. They're putting this country down. They're trying yeah, to change they don't like it. the way it's, it's a racist country. And then let's segue on to law enforcement. Many African-Americans believe that police in general give blacks a harder time than whites. Do you believe well, that? Well, I, I, you know, the question said many African-Americans believe that, and I don't know whether that is true. I think there's a lot of people you see on TV that says that, and there's no doubt, you know, you see a lot of sound bites, you see a lot of television where that has happened, but there's a lot of African-Americans that, that do listen, and they, uh, they said, well, you know, they look at the statistics. You look at the statistics and you see that there's a lot of Latinos that, uh, that, that has a lot of problems with, uh, with the police as well. There's a lot of uh, whites that have problems with police as well. And I think that's one thing that, we, that people don't want to look at is the statistics. And I'm not saying all police are correct because they're not. You know, you have some bad apples that's in the police department, but the majority of the police, they're good people. They're good people. And my thing is, you know, why don't we try to be uh, proactive than reactive? And what I mean by that is we ought to try to talk to our young men, whether you're African-American, whether you're Latino, whether you're white, and say, guys, let's try to cooperate or let's try to listen to the police and we both can go home safe. You know, and then if there's a problem, let's let have all these leaders that's out there after their fight that want to now defund the police. Let's have these leaders now go and get you out of jail rather than trying to defund the police because we know that's not the way you do it. That's not the way you accomplish anything. Have you in your life as a young man, boy, your family ever had a unfair confrontation with a police officer? Oh, no, I've been stopped by the police. I, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I was stopped by the police late at night. I was driving a, a rental truck coming from uh, South Georgia to Atlanta. And I was stopped late at night uh, by the police. And they said I was speeding. And I knew I wasn't speeding because uh, all the way from Savannah, all the way up through Atlanta, there was two cars that was with me. Well, those two cars happened to be in front of me at the time. They were going a lot faster than I was. And I was stopped because a rental car was an SUV, it had a Florida uh, tag on it, and I got stopped. And they went through all the things. They asked to search the car, and I said, no, I don't think you want to search the car. And I wasn't going to, you know, I, I used my legal rights. And, uh, you know, they got aggressive, not aggressive. They got rid of force at one point, period. And I said, you know, I love to talk to someone that got the authority. Right. And Did they, they know it was you? Did they know it was Herschel Walker? They asked for my license, and I was very nice. And, 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 and even with the confrontation, I was very nice. I was never, never really mean. I was very nice, and my voice never got, never raised my voice. I just was very, I, well, I, I, I won't say I was polite, but I was very nice. I handed them my license. And when they found out it was me, they, uh, they were very, very apologetic and said, you know. That, but if it yeah, wasn't you, it, it could have went another way. That's an interesting yeah, and, and story that's, because that's I think, that's to, that's to, that's be that's fair, that's to be fair, to be fair, most um, African-Americans, yeah. There's a 
what I told my mom. I was a mom, and I told her about that I got stopped. And I said, yo, it could have went a different way, but I did say this to her. And you can ask my mom if I said this. I was a mom. I probably could have jumped out of that car, and, you know, we could have had a big tussle, and I probably would have won it. But I said, if I had gotten shot, it would have been my fault. I said, because I, I knew that. Well, you know, you're, I had, had you're using common sense, but a lot of emotion in this, because a lot of African-Americans, almost everyone I know and my friends, have, you know, gotten hassled a bit, and that's got to stop. But on the other hand, the bigger issue, you're absolutely right. If the American people don't cooperate with the police, we're going to have anarchy here. Now, the final thing I want to talk to you about is motivation. Uh, you're going to get attacked. You've already been attacked personally. You've been slimed. Um, and you're going to be slimed if you get the nomination even more. Does that give you pause? Have you thought about that? Because you're getting into a rough game here. I am getting into a rough game, but it's not about me. And I don't think that's what the people don't realize. It's not about me. You know, I, I, I've been very blessed in this country. I've been very blessed to uh, start out with my family had absolutely nothing. And, you know, this country has given me so many freedoms, so many great things had, had me to get to the point that I'm at today. And I owe something back. Being a Christian, loving the Lord Jesus, you know, being a Christian, I want to give back. I always talk about sacrificing. You know, people don't know over the last 15 years, I've been at a military base. I've seen young men and women do some amazing things for this country. And they're very young. You know, you're, you're, you're talking about kids in their 20s and, you know, their early 30s. They're doing some amazing things for this country. They're sacrificing. And right now, I think if I didn't do this, I mean, I, I, mean, I know that I'm the one that can beat uh, Senator Warner, I'm the one that can beat him. I know that for a fact. If I don't do it, I think I'll be a hypocrite as I speak to people and talk to them about sacrificing. Okay, well, you're going to have to make some of those sacrifices because the progressive left is going to try to destroy you. Now, I will yeah. defend you, uh, but I want to I wanna just make one footnote on what you just said. America has given you the opportunity to be successful, but you yourself earned it. You oh, that's no doubt. You're 100% correct. And that's what I, I preach all the time. And that's why I tell people all the time, I want to teach people to fish. I, I don't want to give people to fish. I think right now, this administration wants to just give, give, give. And I think it's totally wrong because they're not teaching anyone anything. They want to get us uh, relying on the, on the government. That is the worst thing that, that anyone in America can do is rely on the government. I, you I think earned it. You, and I know how much hard work went into your success. Um, I played college football on a much lower level than you did. But it's, it's, it's not easy, and you rose to the top. Now, I want, you to, um, I want you to take a deep breath. I want you to do your best. But if anybody comes after you, Mr. Walker, in an unfair perfect, way, perfect. I want your staff to call us right away because I'm going to be looking out for you now. I mean, politics is politics, but if they do something untoward against you or your family, please let us know right away and we will intervene. Is that a fair deal? That's a fair deal. And I want to thank you so much. And, and you know, it, I got to be treated just like all the other politicians. And if they're going to come after me, come after me. But they need to realize that, you know, I'm a fighter, been a fighter all my life. So you come after me, the harder you come, the harder you're going to see me fight. And I don't think they realize that they, they may tangle with the wrong person here. <laughs> All right, Herschel. Thanks again. It's good to talk to you again, and we wish you the best, of course. Thank hey, you. Thank you, man. Hey, God bless. Now on to COVID. Fewer Americans than ever trust 
President Biden to provide accurate information on COVID. That's according to a new Axios poll. 1,105 adults, 45% of those surveys say they do trust President Biden on COVID. 53% say they do not trust it. Remember, COVID was the big Biden issue, and now he's underwater on that. Washington, D.C. hit hard by the COVID pandemic. Um, D.C.'s population, 45% black. 19,000 homes have left the city. Okay, services have declined um, and there's all kinds of chaos in D.C. Now, I got a bunch of letters about uh, COVID deaths based upon ethnicity. And we did the best we could. These are tough stats to get. But what I have for you is this. African-Americans are twice as likely to die from COVID as white Americans. That may be because only 30% approximately of blacks are vaxxed. Okay. Um, Hispanics are one time more likely to die than whites. Um, I'm sorry, that's Asians. That's Asians. Hispanics, 2.3 times more likely. So actually the Hispanic rate is a little bit higher death rate than the blacks. Uh, okay. These stats are very hard to get. We have to use a bunch of sources, but I, what I just gave you is accurate. Crime time. So, uh, the FBI has new statistics, but they don't mean very much because listen to this, New York, Chicago, and New Orleans refuse to hand over homicide stats to the FBI. (laughs) I, I mean, come on. And you know why they refuse. Because murder rate in all of those cities, boom. But based upon what the FBI has, which is 85% of the country, uh, murders increased 30% from 219 to 221. All right? On 220, I'm sorry. Pandemic year, 220. 30%. When people are inside. Now, the real number is probably 40%. Murders are up in the USA. You know why? We hate the police. We talked about it with Herschel Walker. You hate the police. If you're giving the police all our time, police are going to pull back. And now you got a 40% higher national murder rate. Happy progressives, happy Joe Biden, happy Nancy Pelosi, Chucky Schumer. Guys, happy? You don't enforce the law, people are going to die. And not at the hands of the police. Oh, my God. Philadelphia, 400 homicides record. And we're only in September. And everybody in Philadelphia is going, what the deuce is happening? I'll tell you what the deuce is happening. Your mayor is a nut, Jim Kenney. All right. And this guy is diverting money from the cops, from law enforcement, to community activist groups. Yeah, they're going to stop the homicide rate, mayor. And in Philadelphia... Only 29% of all the homicides result in arrests. So if you want to kill somebody in Philadelphia, you're pretty much going to get away with it. Unbelievable. If, if you keep, I'm speaking to the country now, if you keep electing stupid people, you're going to get hurt. de Blasio in New York, London Breed in San Francisco, 
Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. These are dumb people. Dumb. You keep giving them power, you're going to get hurt. It's a matter of when, not if. Oh, Jim Kenny? Jeez. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. All right. If you read Killing Reagan, I hope you did. It's the best book ever on Ronald Reagan. I think um, you know about John Hinckley. He almost killed President Reagan and and sent this country into a tailspin. And Hinckley was uh, 25 when he did that. He's now 66, and they're going to let him out. They'll let him out. All right, it's like Sirhan Sirhan. They voted a parole board in uh, California to let him out. Newsom hasn't signed off on it yet. He will. Now, Hinckley, obviously very disturbed person. The diagnosis was acute psychosis. Um, Is he better at 66? I don't know. But what I would do if I had unlimited power is both in Hinckley's case and in Saran Saran, I'd give them a confinement out of prison. That means you can only go in a certain area around where you're going to be living. And you'd be monitored with an ankle bracelet. I wouldn't just say you go where you want. Because both of these guys, okay, that's what I would do. Again, killing Reagan, um, you know, Martin Dugard and I really, I think, got that thing down. And it was a very important part of American history, that's for sure. Um, I don't have time for all of this stuff, so I'm just pruning it down. This day in history, September 28, 1920. Eight major league ball players were indicted in the so-called Black Sox scandal. So we have the World Series coming up in October. This was the World Series. Four Chicago White Sox players admitting throwing the games. All right, four of them. One of them, the most famous shoeless Joe Jackson, an outfielder, um, and they admitted it, and then they were charged, and then the evidence, including their admissions, disappeared from the grand jury files in perfect harmony with Chicago's justice system. The evidence just disappeared out of the grand jury room. So they couldn't convict them of a crime. However, the four that admitted throwing the games for $100,000 each, uh, they could never play baseball again. That was the Black Sox scandal of 1918, I believe. Um, No, 1920. This was the 1919 World Series, and they were charged in 1920. Chicago. Evidence disappeared. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think the Chicago mob had anything to do with that, do you? No. Read Killing the Mob. I'm telling you, they were everywhere. 
All right. Got a good mail segment. A final thought on uh, violence in football in a moment. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, let's get to the mail. We got David. Bill, I disagree with your assessment of Biden not flooding the country to further strengthening the Democratic Party. I think the DNC knows they'll take a hit short term, but in two decades, these illegals will be voting for them. But Biden and the DNC are two different things. All right. Just remember that. Alice, Americans have allowed this mess to happen. We're watching on TV. We can't believe our country could have been ruined so quickly. Yeah. You elect those progressives going down to him. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Kathy McSherry, Syracuse, New York. Bill, how did 15,000-plus Haitians migrate to the Texas border? Now, Kathy, we went over that in great detail. I know you can't watch every night. I know everybody can't watch and listen every night. But if you are a BillOReilly.com premium member, you can then go back. So these Haitians, they left Haiti years ago. They moved to Central and South America. When they got the okay from Biden to come on up, open borders, they did, and that's how they got there. Osborne Dykes, Denver, Colorado, my old stomping grounds. How many Haitians under the bridge in Del Rio have been released into the U.S.? Again, Osborne, we gave you all the stats. We gave them again. But those stats are probably under what they really are. And there are more Haitians on the way to the border, I understand. Judith Bartrow, Mesa, Arizona. I have a few questions that have never been addressed. Isn't it against the law for American businesses to hire illegal immigrants? It is. But the law is not enforced. None of the immigration law right now is enforced. And that's why you have anarchy at the border. Kristen Lynn, Sandy, Oregon, outside of Portland. Bill, once you reported that Ireland was open for vaccinated U.S. tourists, we booked tickets and we are in the Emerald Isle right now having a great time. Where are your ancestors from? My ancestors are from County Cavan, just west of Dublin. I'm glad you're having a great time. Ireland has really suffered in this pandemic. I'm going in June. 
Um, but it, you can't miss if you want a nice trip in Ireland. Can't miss. David, concierge member, David gets direct access to me. We recommend that program for everybody and makes a great gift, by the way. Bill, thanks so much for sharing this day in history about the Warren Commission. I've read Killing Kennedy twice and have shared that book with several friends. A fascinating read. As I said with Killing Reagan, Killing Kennedy, you know, we really take a lot of time to give you the absolute truth about very important things. Bob, another concierge member. Bill, you've mentioned a couple of times product shortages coming because the ships can't get to port. Can you explain why? Because the ports of L.A. and Long Beach don't work seven days and they close, whereas most other ports in most other countries are around the clock. So now you have gridlock out into the Pacific Ocean and you've got worker shortages all over the place because of the Biden welfare program. You don't have enough people to unload the uh, ships. That's why. Mary uh, Gudaris, Calabash, North Carolina. Received my copy of Killing the Mob. Didn't think I would be interested in reading about organized crime, but started it. I was wrong. I couldn't put it down. Killing the Mob is still a force. Another great gift idea. And if you haven't read it, you know, all I can say is you're missing out. Okay. Uh, I got um, Trump history tour information on BillOReilly.com. We are now marketing. Tickets are going great. If you want to go, just go to our website, BillOReilly.com. We'll link you over to the box offices near you. Word of the day, do not be a petty fogger when writing to me, Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. And if you want to be on our Twitter thing, at BillOReilly. We tweet a lot. It's Holly the Terror Dog's birthday week. As we told you about that on Twitter. Right, Holly? All right, we'll be back with the final thought in a moment. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So uh, I'm a big football fan um, and pro football. Uh, I watch, you know, I'm not as much as I used to, but I, I watch. And I feel sorry for the players. Now, how can you say that, O'Reilly, when they make so much money? Because the average time in the National Football League is less than three years. And guys get wiped out, as you know, every week. All right? The injuries are horrific. It's like the Roman Coliseum. That, you know, the gladiators going down with a spear in their neck. The National Football League players are battered, bruised. It's brutal. There's no other way to put it. And we Americans enjoy this. We watch it. Uh, the networks make billions of dollars. So there's a guy, Joe Namath. You know Joe. Broadway Joe. All right? One of the best quarterbacks ever. University of Alabama. He's got a foundation. 
and he has uh, a charitable event this week. I helped him out with that last week. It's a private uh, charity, tax deductible. All right, the Joe Namath Foundation. And you can donate. Now, what this does is that um, players, football players who have brain injuries can get treated because obviously a lot of these players who make any money way back. Joe made money, but not many others. And they can't afford all of this optional treatment to ward off the damage that they have in their heads. This is a great charity. This is a fantastic charity. Once again, JoeNamath.org. Easy. JoeNamath.org. If you give it 20 bucks or something, you know, it's particularly if you're a football fan, if you're watching this for entertainment, you got to get back a little bit here. And that's what, that's what got me. And, and I got to say, Joe Namath, I've known, I know thousands. We just had one, Herschel Walker. Thousands of former athletes and, and present athletes. And Joe Namath, he's at the top. Okay. Uh, I really appreciate you guys watching us, as always. And we will see you tomorrow.